And uh, we'll be starting with our panel discussion, uh, but also I will be taking my seat on my left. Thank you so much for joining us, all of you. I would like to begin, uh, Ambassador Sokola, just to outline South Africa's uh, BRICS chairship and also the uh, priorities of us chairing BRICS this year, and the purpose for this year, please. Ambassador. Well, thank you. Good morning uh, to all the colleagues. Uh, this is an important uh, chairship for South Africa. It's the third time that we chair BRICS, having done so in 2013 and 2018. Whenever we chair BRICS, it's not just about South Africa, it's not just about BRICS, it's also about the African continent. And this is something that we have embedded into our chairship uh, since the very outset when we became part of the BRICS family in 2011. And like we did in 2013 and 2018, the focus is on Africa and BRICS. So you would have seen that our theme for this year is BRICS and Africa, Partnership for Mutually Accelerated Growth, Sustainable Development, and Inclusive Multilateralism. Now, if you unpack that theme, there are four key areas there. Firstly, the partnership between BRICS and Africa. We would use our chairship to deepen the partnership between BRICS countries and Africa. And specifically, we are going to be focusing on the African Continental Free Trade Agreement and the opportunities for uh, mutual benefit uh, between BRICS countries and Africa. And you'd have also seen that as part of the BRICS uh, Plus and BRICS Outreach, which will be held on the 24th, our president has invited all African leaders to dialogue uh, with our BRICS partners. So that again provides a platform to deepen the uh, relationship between BRICS and the African continent on various fronts. The African Continental Free Trade Agreement, as I pointed out, is one of the areas. But we are looking at various other areas of cooperation. At the very moment that we are convening here, in Durban, the BRICS Women's Business Alliance is meeting since yesterday and again today. And we're going to be also launching the virtual uh, BRICS Africa Women's Business Alliance platform to provide opportunities for women in business between BRICS countries and the African continent. I think this is an exciting uh, launch of this platform, especially to mainstream uh, women in business uh, within the African continent and the BRICS countries. The second dimension, of course, of uh, our theme focuses on mutually accelerated growth. Given the devastation of the pandemic on all of our economies, including South Africa, the African continent, and globally, both North and South, uh, we will have an opportunity to look at how we can collectively address some of the challenges, the economic uh, financial challenges we are experiencing, and how we can work together to stimulate growth in our respective economies collectively and the global south. So I think uh, we'll be convening tomorrow the BRICS Business Council uh, Business Forum, and we have about a thousand business uh, people, not only from the BRICS countries, but from Africa, and many countries of the global south are also joining uh, in that private sector gathering. And that's a vibrant environment for private sector to interact, network, and look at uh, deepening our economic cooperation uh, between our private sector. 
Of course, the third dimension looks at sustainable development. Our sustainable development goals, we are midway through the SDGs 2030. Uh, we have all faced uh, setbacks in terms of our goals as a result of the pandemic and various other challenges like climate change, conflict, that's impacted negatively on us meeting our targets. We are all behind targets, not just countries of the global south, the global not included. So it will also provide us an opportunity to reflect on the SDGs and what we can do collectively to put back on track our, our goals of meeting the target. And fourthly, inclusive multilateralism. Now, of course, reform of the multilateral global architecture has been a standing item ever since BRICS first convened. Because we live in a highly polarized global uh, environment, uh, the COVID pandemic demonstrated that we are not together. Uh, we had a common enemy in the pandemic. It provided an opportunity for the North and South to work together to address this common en enemy. But what we saw is that the fault lines dividing the North and South widened during the pandemic because of the selfish mentality of some of our partners globally in the way they dealt with the pandemic. So looking at the reform of the multilateral architecture, the geopolitical, financial, economic, trading architecture, and as Secretary Antonio Guterres said on the margins of the G7 summit uh, in Hiroshima in May, that the global north must do much more to address the frustrations of the global south. And I think he put it very mildly that we are frustrated. We continue to be on the margins. The global architecture of 1945 is vastly different from the global reality of 2023. But yet you see Africa and the global south still on the margins of global decision-making, inclusion in the major multilateral institutions. We have been calling for reform of the multilateral architecture, not just the UN system, including its Security Council. It's unthinkable that in this day and age, the African continent, Latin America, has no representation uh, in the Security Council. So for, for Africa, for South Africa, these are some of the key issues. And I think BRICS has been championing reform of the global multilateral architecture. So these are all of the key priorities for South Africa in a nutshell. But we have various other key deliverables and priority for our chairship. But let me stop here, and I'm sure my colleagues will want to add to that as well. Thank you so much, uh, Excellency. Um, I, I just want to, to, to also uh, excuse you just for a few minutes um, because uh, of uh, your, your in other engagements for a few minutes. But I also I want to look at, um, from, from Brazil's uh, perspective, as far as um, these important issues of inclusivity, these, these important issues, because talking about BRICS as a, a collective uh, multilateralism, just how has this year with South Africa chairing accelerated um, the BRICS agenda? Well, I think, uh, thank you. Uh, South Africa has done a great job. Uh, Professor Suflo is uh, one of the uh, veterans of, of BRICS, and we always feel very welcome in this country that uh, has such a diversity and inclusiveness in, in its own approach to, to, to foreign affairs and to its own uh, national issues. Uh, I think that uh, uh, one of the key aspects of this summit is the idea of BRICS expansion. 
We have many friends, and I see many friends here present today, friends of BRICS. And uh, we've had friends, uh, some of those friends, we have worked with them in, in different uh, arenas, in, uh, whether it's in the G20, at the UN, uh, countries that have uh, common uh, aspirations, common um, convergence of views in many aspects of our uh, international relations. So this year, we, are, we hope we can uh, adopt criteria for BRICS expansion. I think this will be a, an important uh, step towards uh, strengthening BRICS and making it more attuned to, to the current uh, realities. And we have to do it in a very responsible way because uh, what we have assets that uh, we value a lot. The work that we've done, the institutions that we created, like the New Development Bank. So we have to do things in a way that, that, uh, that, that are... We, we remain, uh, we preserve the cohesion of the BRICS. At the same time, we uh, continue to bring in close friends and, and, uh, and add up to, to the work we have been doing. And I think the way South Africa has, has done it uh, is very positive. And I'm very grateful that we are here today. Thank you so much. One will want to also look at um, the, the synergy that people have been talking about in terms of uh, um, BRICS as a formation together with the G20, that in, in terms of how, has that ex how, how will that also accelerate cooperation, particularly in the global South countries as well. How, how BRICS started. Uh, uh, actually, President Lula is one of the founding fathers of, of BRICS. And he used to say that he was invited to the G8 at the time meetings and that they would arrive with uh, India and China for a separate meeting and uh, for the coffee, just the coffee. And he complained, why do we, I'm only invited for the coffee. So they started having coffee together with, uh, with uh, China and, and South Africa and India. Russia was at the time in the G8. And then at some point, there was this idea of having a standalone meeting of the BRIC. At the time, actually, South Africa was not uh, part of BRICS. But uh, in 2011, uh, it was a very uh, fortunate decision that South Africa became part of, the, of this family. So it has a story that starts uh, in a way that uh, unexpected. So, uh, and, and now maybe the same thing will happen. Maybe we will, we will see countries who are here and who have been attending uh, BRICS meetings and maybe they will come closer. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Thank you so much, Excellency. Really appreciate it. Let's uh, head to the Russian Federation. In terms of what is this inclusive multilateralism about? Because there's been a lot of talk about we need to fund... Um, to, to, to support uh, the uh, effectiveness of multilateral institutions as well. If you can talk to us about this inclusive multilateralism, what is about? Well, uh, thank you for inviting us. Uh, it's a pleasure being again in this building. Uh, 
multilateralism, multilateral diplomacy, multilateral institutions uh, uh, might be the most important part, uh, most important tool to solve the, the more than the current problems that the world is facing. Uh, one, uh, and once again, uh, history shows that uh, the problems that we are facing, uh, the, the world is facing, cannot be solved uh, by, cannot be solved alone, cannot be solved by uh, even the most powerful countries. Uh, and the inclusive multilateralism, well, uh, the inclusive multilateralism is the, uh, uh, I would call it the true nature of multilateralism because it should include all nations of uh, big and small uh, uh, allow them to make their contributions, respond to their needs, not just uh, when big players impose their will on, on the small ones. Quite often, especially, well, BRICS is a, a very good reflection of uh, true multilateralism, genuine multilateralism, uh, is based uh, on consensus. Uh, whatever the different approaches are, different uh, sometimes interests, uh, we strive to, uh, to find common uh, mutually, mutual uh, de decisions that will be responding to the interests of all five countries. Uh, not only our countries, we feel uh, our responsibility towards other uh, countries of the global majority or the global south. Uh, it's the same uh, as, uh, I would put it this way, should be happening in the UN in its, uh, uh, in its uh, institutions because the, the most long-lasting uh, decisions of the UN are those that have been achieved through uh, collective effort by uh, uh, all kinds of delegations from big and small countries. I will not be uh, recalling the historic uh, uh, documents achieved like the UN Charter or the uh, Universal Declaration on Human Rights. But let's recall the, the latest, the biggest uh, uh, 2005 World Summit in the UN. Uh, that has been a several years process in, in which uh, the contributions, the voice of all the countries have been heard uh, and taken care of. Of course, it's a very difficult process uh, process because it's not easy, but it's important when uh, people, when diplomats, when countries not just hear each other, but when, when they listen to each other, uh, when, uh, when they uh, really base their dialogue on sovereign equality, when they take into consideration all sovereign interests, when uh, they uh, are ready to work 
on solutions that will respond to the interests uh, of, of those who are on the other side of the negotiating table. Uh, it's uh, always not easy, but it's something that we all should and uh, should try. Uh, nowadays, uh, we all strive for, for strengthening and reforming the multilateral system, the multilateral institutions. Uh, I'm, uh, I worked most of my professional life in political areas, Security Council, well, the UN, uh, OECD in Europe. Uh, but uh, if you look at the multilateral financial institutions, you will see that uh, uh, in the IMF, the major challenge is to, the new co uh, to rebalance the quotas in accordance with the real uh, contributions of the developing countries, for them, for them to have a real voice in, uh, in the decision-making processes of the IMF. Uh, this is only one of examples in that area. Uh, this is a theme on which we can talk forever, I would say, uh, and because uh, multilateral institutions are not perfect and will never be perfect, but this is something that uh, uh, should be always uh, in the focus of our uh, common efforts and uh, in order to make this uh, multilateral institution system, uh, multilateralism, uh, to be genuine and in inclusive that will uh, include the voices of all, <coughs> of all uh, and uh, provide for search of solutions that will take us all forward. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It means definitely the, 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 the reform agenda is quite important to talking about what's happening at uh, bigger institutions such as the United Nations as well, where you serve. Um, from, from an Indian perspective, Damarav, in terms of um, when we're talking about the reform, it's important that also we're seeing that the, the political changes definitely need to come, but also we also need to advance the economic relations of one BRIC countries, but also expand relations in, in the global south. As much as we we'll trade with the north, but we also need to see economic cooperation amongst the countries in the south as well. And this kind of platform allows for such opportunities. Well, thank you very much. And uh, uh, I'd like to consider this a great honor for me to be here today in your show. Um, I'd also like to take the opportunity to say Namaste, South Africa. Uh, this is an extraordinary effort by South Africa to bring in, uh, to do this event, the BRICS, and not just the BRIC leaders, but also leadership around the world, especially with focus on Africa and beyond. Um, our Prime Minister will be there tomorrow. Uh, it's his third visit to South Africa. Um, but coming in the context of BRICS actually shows our India's commitment to BRICS and to strengthening BRICS uh, and deepening the BRICS uh, uh, cooperation uh, in the, uh, and taking forward. There are few ideas that I'd like to touch upon. Uh, the voice of the Global South uh, is what India has been 
drawing attention to during its presidency of the G20 uh, this year. It, we did the, the Voice of the Global South Summit in a virtual format in January, in about 125 countries participated. Uh, time has come for us to actually look at uh, how do we enhance that voice of the Global South. Uh, and this is, BRICS is very much reflects that. This strengthens multilateralism, but within that context, uh, it also captures the voices of the Global South. And we need to articulate that voice in, 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 in a more focused manner. And that's what India has been making effort, and I think all our BRICS countries do appreciate it. Post-pandemic, uh, COVID uh, has really brought the focus of the need for cooperation amongst nations, and especially in the Global South context. Uh, there is so much to do in terms of development. Uh, we have to uh, bring in the debt sustainable issues into focus to accelerate growth. A lot of countries face problems uh, for their own economic growth and trading amongst nations is limited by the fact that there are uh, limitations on the hard currency availability. So today we are talking on using national currency for trading amongst nations. So that takes away the dependency on hard currency. So I know it's not easy, but if we start now, we will be able to find uh, uh, some kind of a common approach. An architecture can be built over time to enhance this trading in national currencies. The, the other aspect that we need to think about in accelerating growth in countries is developing infrastructure um, in the countries. Of course, BRIC countries can collectively do it, or either individually or collectively in a collaborative format, uh, India has done a lot of projects in Africa, but we believe that we need to accelerate that pace uh, and do, be able to do a lot more projects. The third aspect that I'd like to focus is actually on the skill development, because the capacities of nations to drive their own economies is very important. It hinges on that capacity. So again, capacity in a variety of areas, you know, in agriculture, to engineering, uh, to finance, uh, managing the finances and uh, uh, technical education. And today's technology, we should be able to use that. India has demonstrated uh, quite significantly in the use of uh, digital public goods and how we have taken advantage of it to provide low-cost solutions which are actually useful for the Global South countries. Uh, it's not that what we have been successfully introduced can be uh, replicated elsewhere, but I think every country would have its own challenges. We need to, uh, uh, to adapt to that uh, country-specific needs. But I think there is a scope for doing in a collaborative manner uh, using digital public goods, uh, including in the finance sector, the fintech solutions, the uh, unified payment uh, gateways, uh, which brings in a lot more ease in the business and also speed in the way we do business and transparency. Uh, these are the elements that we need to focus on, and we would be working very closely with uh, our um, partners in the Global South to enhance those uh, uh, cooperative elements. Now, coming back to India's own focus uh, in the G20 um, presidency, and we are going to have the summit on the 9th and 10th of September. A lot of focus is, uh, and energy is being built into that. But we see that uh, a successful BRICS uh, summit in South Africa uh, is very critical because we believe that you know, the, the successful conclusion of the summit here will have a positive effect on the G20 summit. Um, 
because the deliberations are more or less the same. Uh, we are trying to bring in the global south into focus. We are trying to bring the development dimension uh, into focus. And again, we need to understand the narrative of development itself. We, our Prime Minister has emphasized on the woman-led development, so we need to bring women into the center stage of development. Uh, we are also looking at food security. Now, food security in terms of alternate crops, like the millets and fertilizers, all these are important. So is the case with energy, climate change, uh, and environment. And we believe that the debate on all these aspects uh, is very closely uh, linked to what we understand the lifestyle for environment. So it's just not the emission controls, but it's a collective effort to ensure that our planet is safe for our future. So those are the ideas uh, we are deliberating uh, both in the BRICS and the G20, uh, which is why the, a successful BRICS summit in South Africa uh, would be a positive effect for, for G20 as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Your Excellency Lee, in terms of, I mean, there's a number of uh, issues that have been raised already. I would like to, you to uh, put in your perspective as well as far as uh, um, China is concerned. Well, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to attend this very important event. And firstly, like me, I appreciate that the South Africa's uh, contribution for hosting this very important summit. This is important and significant as it's a very special occasion because for the following reasons. One is that in terms of uh, current international situation, in terms of a geopolitical uh, situation, tensions in terms of uh, uh, economic uh, downturn and challenges we face, and in terms of a development agenda, the challenges we face, this is a high time to address these issues collectively. This is very important. And then, for the BRICS itself, this is the 15 years anniversary of BRICS for leaders meeting. And uh, for past 15 years, we created these three pillars of uh, BRICS, uh, peace and security, economic development, and the people-to-people -people exchanges. And we've held a vast a number of activities. Uh, at least this year in South Africa, there are dozens and many, many activities held in this country. And all these will contribute for cooperation and address the global challenges. And certainly, I think uh, this, the time to have a BRICS meeting in Africa. This is a continent of hope. You have the a strategy of 2063 that very important for this continent. And this is the third time uh, for me to be in South Africa this year. 10 years ago, I attended 2013 uh, BRICS summit here. At that time, I had a, a few stopovers uh, in uh, Africa, including South Africa. After 10 years, I, I came back to this continent. I see the hope. I see the great changes. So in this continent, there's a huge potential for us to cooperate between Africa and, and BRICS countries. And lastly, I should mention that my country, China, has a long history with Africa. And we do have a closer friendship with this continent and, of course, with this great country. My president will have a state visit to South Africa uh, very soon, so I think we will strengthen the cooperation between my country and South Africa and the continent uh, as well. 
And uh, we're so glad to see that there are so many uh, African leaders will be invited for this event. I think we have a very good discussion for cooperation uh, together. So in this way that the South Africa, the theme for this uh, summit, uh, BRICS and Africa is very re relevant. And all these topics, including the inclusive economic growth, the partnership with Africa, and the multilateralism, and the women's participation are extremely relevant. I do hope that the, and I believe we will have a very fruitful discussion and very successful summit in South Africa. Thank you so much. I would like us to give them a hand of applause for those remarks, please. Thank you so much. Um, we are honored to also have uh, our ambassadors who are saving at various um, countries, particularly the BRICS countries, South African ambassadors who are saving at various BRICS countries. I'm also going to give them an opportunity to um, make a few remarks. Um, but I would like to come to you, Ambassador Suklar, in terms of what has BRICS membership for South Africa has done to advance bilateral relations um, for South Africa and amongst BRICS countries specifically. Um, I know that priority has been also about Africa, but what has it done to advance relations with Russia, India, Brazil, and China? Well, I think uh, bringing us into a family, it brings you into close proximity with each other. Our presidents prior to the COVID pandemic would meet at least twice a year. Uh, on, uh, on the occasion of the BRICS summit, and we have a mandatory meeting on the margins of G20 summit when our leaders meet. So that, of course, provides an opportunity for our leaders to meet on a regular basis, to reflect uh, on bilateral relations, to re reflect collectively on what is going on within BRICS. So I think that's a very important platform that is provided through BRICS. Our foreign ministers meet at least twice a year, annually as well. We have a standalone foreign ministers meeting. We had that in Cape Town on the 1st and 2nd of June. And now on the margins of UNGA, that's also a mandatory meeting when our foreign ministers get an opportunity to again meet to reflect on the agenda of UNGA and to look at synchronizing positions where it's possible. So also all of the other ministerial tracks, apart from meeting uh, during the cause of the chairship of BRICS, uh, in their respective countries. They meet on the margins of multilateral organizations. So you can see that uh, there's a very intense interaction at all levels, not just at leadership level, but also at the ministerial tracks. Shepherds meet on a regular basis at least four or five times a year. And uh, this, again, uh, intensifies interaction between ourselves and gives us an opportunity to constantly reflect on the relationship, to plan together, and to continue to expand this partnership. And I think that's why when we first chaired uh, BRICS in 2013, we had a total of 43 meetings. By the time we met in 2018, we chaired over 150 meetings. And this year we are chairing around 200 meetings. But you don't uh, look at the number of meetings as a gauge to success the, of the success of the cooperation. It's the substantial outcomes of these meetings that's more important. And if you look at all the tracks that we have, and we have 20 ministerial tracks and over 30 expert group meetings, this itself demonstrates the substantial, substantive uh, 
dimension of BRICS cooperation. It's not just about number of meetings, but the deliverables. And BRICS is, as I said, more than just an intergovernmental platform. It's also about providing opportunities for our business sector, for academia, our think tank, our civil society. And of course, a very important pillar of BRICS cooperation is strengthening people-to-people -people interaction. And we have a number of activities at the level of interaction of our various uh, uh, people in terms of culture, in terms of the film festival, in terms of sports. So we look at this cooperation at a multidimensional level. And I think that's the strength of BRICS as we continue to expand this cooperation. It's about how this impacts on the lives of all our citizens. Thank you so much, Your Excellency. Um, just to also acknowledge uh, the uh, presence of uh, the representative from Haval, also from Cherry, also from uh, um, a number of uh, stakeholders and also MTN who have supported us um, for, for, for this event. I would like to ask to give them a hand of applause for, for the effort to advance economic relations between South Africa and, um, and, 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 and their, their respective countries as well, of host. I would like to take this opportunity to go to the floor as well to take uh, remarks. Uh, I would like you to start with uh, Ambassador Tuele as well um, to, um, to give a few remarks as well. He's our representative, uh, South African representative uh, in China as well. Ambassador Tuele. Uh, thank you, good morning, Excellencies, and uh, I'm the Ambassador of South Africa to the People's Republic of China. I think, as we have heard from the BRICS shepherds, I think what is most striking to me, because it's not just bilat good bilateral relations between our five countries, and China and South Africa in particular, that uh, the most important thing, this is a partnership for development. It's not a group of block. It's a uh, a partnership for inclusiveness. And uh, from what I've heard from my colleague, it looked like we are continue to making progress in this respect. And it is a partnership which is underpinned by mutual respect, particularly among our leaders, our ministers, our leaders, and, uh, and our countries. And uh, that's why I think uh, if may be asked why there's such a, a huge interest now in this uh, 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 partnership, uh, particularly BRICS? Is it uh, <clears throat> purely because of economics or is it because of these global challenges which we are facing, climate change, where we need solutions? Thank you. Thank you so much, Your Excellency. Really appreciate it. I uh, also want to acknowledge Baik as well, um, who also have uh, um, assisted us um, with uh, also advancing logistics for the BRICS Summit as well. I didn't mention them earlier when I was speaking to about the uh, sponsorship as well. So, uh, represented from Bake, they are also here. Thank you so much for your time. I want to ask to give us a hand of applause as well uh, for their support. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Ambassador Lee, it's quite important uh, to uh, Minister Lee, the, the economic... Uh, advancement um, of uh, the South Africa and China, because as much as we talk about uh, multilateral cooperation, we talk about BRICS cooperation, relationship between China and uh, South Africa as well. Where are we? I, I'd like to pick up the uh, uh, remarks from the ambassador and, and 
Good to see you here in your hometown, and uh, we will treat you well in China. And <laughs> the remarks by Ambassador is very relevant to the partnership uh, between uh, BRICS countries and uh, with other uh, uh, countries, in e especially in economic terms. It's very important. It's important because the situation now that people in the world are talking about what? Now, what is, should be the focus now? Uh, I think many problems are coming from the lack of a development. So we should bring the agenda of development back to the center. Uh, this is the root cause for many problems, but this is not enough at this moment. That's why that the, uh, my country, my president, proposed the Global uh, Development Initiative to enhance the uh, SDG of UN uh, process because we are lagging behind. The SDG is lagging behind. We need to give a, a booster for this. And uh, we need to bring back the, uh, the development issue back to the center of international arena. This is uh, important uh, for us. And also for BRICS, we do have the advantage for this. We do have the advantage for economic development and partnership. And we have held various kinds of uh, activities and uh, cooperative projects. And after 2022, China's year of BRICS, and we see uh, a good number of uh, countries applying for BRICS. Why? Because they see that the BRICS are doing the, doing the thing. And they are not, not talking about the uh, uh, ideological or uh, uh, seek a confrontation with, their, with each other. We seek compromise, we seek cooperation, we seek partnership. This is the gravity of BRICS. So I think we need to uh, keep the, the right uh, trajectory. We, we need to stand on the right side of the history and enhance our cooperation among BRICS and with other uh, countries as well. So this is the, the, the gist, this is the gravity of, of BRICS. We need to stick to this uh, principle and to seek this uh, roadmap all the time. So I think this should be the key message and the very important message we are going to send from John Hansberg. That's very important. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Lee. Um, from the Russian Federation, I want to also open the uh, comments from the floor as well, if I can just uh, um, see a raise of hands, if for those who want to make a few remarks on uh, economic relations, but generally on BRICS as well, and some few observations that people have made as well will be going to the floor. Uh, in terms of uh, South Africa's relations with the Russian Federations, where are we? Uh, uh, between Russian Federation and uh, South Africa are definitely on the rise. Uh, the reflection on these were the uh, recent uh, uh, contacts between President Ramaphosa and President Putin. But, uh, that's the latest took place in St. Petersburg. Uh, we are steadily increasing. Uh, well, uh, lately, uh, despite all the challenges, we are nevertheless increasing our economic relations. We have. Uh, uh, we are very closely cooperating, uh, both bilaterally, uh, in the context 
of relations between Russia and Africa. The, we highly value the participation of President Ramaphosa in the second uh, Russia-Africa summit and the economic and uh, financial uh, and cultural uh, forum that took place in St. Petersburg just recently, uh, as well as uh, our close interactions in the multilateral uh, institutions. Just recently, uh, the very fruitful uh, and very uh, result-oriented cooperation that we had when South Africa was a non-permanent member of the Security Council. Uh, I think um, uh, this is uh, very important uh, relations which are beneficial, I'm sure, for South Africa as well as for, for Russia. Uh, we see a lot of uh, future and potential uh, in its further development. I'm sure that uh, 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 Ambassador Gachov will be able to, to provide you much more on this. Uh, he is uh, uh, pay, uh, applying all the efforts in uh, taking this forward, uh, the relations between our countries. Uh, and. Uh, and we are very much look forward uh, to this summit uh, that will be uh, in the next couple of days in Johannesburg, which will uh, provide further opportunities to enhance both our bilateral relations, our relations in BRICS, and uh, the relations between Russia and Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like I've done uh, with uh, the uh, People's Republic of China, I will also go to your ambassador as well, who is saving here in Pretoria, in terms of any addition as far as South Africa and the Russian Federation's uh, relations are concerned. Ambassador, um, any addition? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, uh, I would like to say that I am absolutely thrilled to take part in this event, in the upcoming 15th BRICS Summit. I think that uh, it is inevitably, uh, it, it will inevitably become a historic event. Uh, BRICS is at a very important juncture, and uh, there are several avenues in front of us uh, in front of BRICS and uh, whatever our leader decide uh, in the forthcoming days it will be very important and it will lead all these avenues will lead us to a better world to, it, will, they, it, it will make uh, the world multipolar world closer um, so I am absolutely thrilled to be part of it uh, then uh, um, it is necessary to emphasize again and again that uh, BRICS countries do not make friendship against anybody. We are friends and we develop closer ties because we respect each other, we are interested in each other, and we enrich each other in uh, many different ways. 
including economically, but also by our different experiences. And we respect our differences. There is nothing to be afraid or ashamed of. Uh, BRICS countries do not try to impose some kind of universal standards on each other, uh, disguised as common humankind values or something like that. Uh, not at all. We are different and we enjoy it. We uh, try to enrich each, each other again with our differences. Uh, and uh, including economically, actually, uh, we are different. Uh, historical ties, tra traditions, uh, geography, geographical conditions at least do matter in every respect. And uh, uh, yes, our economic ties between separate members of BRICS uh, are, are pretty much different. Uh, for example, uh, our bilateral trade with our neighbor, China, uh, will be well over 200 billion measured in US dollars this year. And our bilateral trade with South Africa is much less than that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it uh, makes a huge difference in our relationship uh, in, in quality. There is something more to our relationship with South Africa uh, than uh, can be measured in numbers or in dollars, euros or whatever. There are other things that can be expressed economically or financially. And uh, it, it is an aspect that uh, some who wish to overemphasize uh, just the sheer volume of trade between Russia and South Africa have to take in, and keep in mind. Well, I would stop there. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Ambassador. I really appreciate it. Um, I would like to also take this opportunity to uh, come to Ravi here on, on stage in terms of uh, we've been talking about bilateral relations as well. You have mentioned a lot about what uh, has been the relations between South Africa and India. Anything to expand? Also, I'm going to hand over after you hand over to your High Commissioner as well. Uh, well, thank you very much for uh, asking that question, but uh, it, I think we are never short of words if we have to explain the relationship between our two countries. Uh, it uh, dates back to many decades. Uh, I think even before South Africa won independence, uh, India stood by the people of South Africa in this fight against apartheid and the freedom struggle. We were so close together. Um, I think that kind of bonding uh, between our people is so strong. Um, and it continues to remain so even now. Uh, and look at it. I mean, we have 1.6 million Indian people living in this part of the world who have made their uh, uh, South Africa their home. Uh, and uh, you allow them to blossom and you allow them to be successful in this country. Uh, we are deeply grateful to the people of South Africa and to the leadership of South Africa for providing that uh, environment for Indian diaspora here. And the economic part of it, I think there's a lot to do. I, we, I believe it's just touching the, the surface of it, scratching the surface. But um, numbers is, is one indication, but I think we need to be looking at a much more deeper economic integration. And that should be through manufacturing. Uh, we should be looking at our entrepreneurship more in terms of manufacturing uh, in South Africa, creating local value addition here. 
uh, that is our focus in the days to come uh, as we deepen our relations with South Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much. Any remarks from your um, High Commissioner? High Commissioner, yeah. <laughs> Prabhat. Yes, it's, it's down the table. Thanks so much, Mali. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me for this uh, event. Yes, uh, India and South Africa, as said by Secretary Ravi, enjoy deep and uh, you know, traditional relations and also modern in modern ways. If we recall, Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi learned his craft here of non-violent struggle and he took it to India. Uh, Thereafter, of course, uh, the great Nelson Mandela had lot, draw, drew a lot of inspiration from Gandhi. So it is from, at, from that background India-South Africa, India Africa relations comes from. Uh, I joined the mission recently here and I see a lot of uh, uh, synergy between the two countries. Already uh, we have a trade of around US dollar, $18 billion. Uh, we are third or fourth largest trading partner for South Africa. Uh, but as Secretary Ravi said, uh, there is a lot to do. And that is uh, what my job, job here is cut out for. Uh, there is a lot of integration I can see can happen. A lot of uh, investments can happen both ways, from South Africa to India and India to South Africa. So uh, there are many areas, even in culturally, uh, which, which we can... Uh, interact. Uh, also, if we see the theme of the BRICS summit, uh, that is accelerated economic growth, sustainable development, and inclusive multilateralism. In all the three areas, uh, we, we are working with Africa, and especially in uh, for inclusive multilateralism, uh, BRICS is a big uh, organization, a multilateral organization, which is taking it forward. Uh, and the expression of interest by so many countries for jo joining BRICS is, is shows you know that how uh, BRICS has come a long way and BRICS ha has become a successful organization. So India will contribute uh, to this uh, BRICS to African growth and uh, further strengthen the relationship between India and South Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I will go to the floor and talk to representatives from business, but um, our, our shepherd from uh, Brazil was doing an interview before um, we were talking about bilateral relations, your country between uh, South Africa and uh, Brazil as well, before we go to the uh, business representative. Just in terms of how are we as far as uh, South Africa and Brazil relations are concerned? After the COVID experience, we have the opportunity to uh, resume uh, trade, uh, investment, uh, and people-to-people -people contact. We hope that soon we'll have the Sao Paulo-Johannesburg uh, flight, which will make things easier. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are countries who share similar uh, challenges. We want peace, first of all. Brazil has 10 neighbors, and we have good relations with all the 10 neighbors. Uh, we, have never, we haven't been to war for 150 years. Like South Africa, you want peace, peace in, in Africa, peace in the world. 
Second, we want development. We want development. We want to see poverty eradication. We want to see social inequality. We want to see uh, combat uh, racism, combat uh, uh, no, uh, gender violence, gender-based violence. We see eye to eye in many of those issues, and we can work together in those experiences. And I think that's a great opportunity for bilateral relations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I've got a, a comment at the back. If you can just introduce yourself. Yeah. Well. Thank you so much. Sir. Uh, my name is George Sibulela. Uh, <clears throat> I lead uh, a business confederation called the African United Business Confederation. We are a confederation that represents 1.6 million businesses. Now, let me start by saying I was also a council member of BRICS, uh, being to many of the BRICS uh, countries. I just want to share one or two things, and, and maybe Ambassador Suklal, you, you can be able to give us the, uh, uh, a direction in this regard. We recently went to St. Petersburg. And there's one important challenge that exists, in particular in Russia, and I think the ambassador will attest to that. It's a currency issue. The current scenario of Russia and China trading, it's very smooth. You either pay in UN or in ruble. If you come from South Africa, you go to Russia, you have to carry cash. And you can imagine how much cash you can carry going to Russia. So the elephant in the room that we need to get an understanding from the leadership is at what point in time we will be bold and talk about the BRICS currency so that these countries can trade easily with each other. The second is the payment system which has been discussed a number of times in various, various meetings. And I'd like really to hear uh, the situation in that regard. Let me also, maybe lastly, to say, our members, when they come to us, they say, here is an energy product that is required in South Africa, whether it's a diesel, which Russia is prepared to give at a less than any other market that exists, which China has consumed much of it, which South Africa needs. But then there's a disclaimer right at the bottom that says, as long as this product is not from Russia, we would not take it. How do we deal with this kind of uh, scenario if we're talking about treating each other on an equal basis and members really committed uh, to work together? Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the, those comments. I would like to go to um, the Venezuelan ambassador to South Africa um, as well, uh, Madam, <laughs> for, for for remarks as well. Um, if you 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 have input in, inputs um, to to make as well. Good morning, everyone. 
Um, thank you very much for invitation and for this important meeting today, early to start the week. Um, um, in terms of uh, uh, the BRICS, no, I think that the BRICS is a very good opportunity uh, to balance the work, no. Uh, the importance of the BRICS now, this summit is is historical because maybe we can uh, define the new uh, weight to the other countries around the world can participate and can to be in in the in the uh, can to participate in the uh, yeah, sorry but my English is a little bit uh, limited but um, um, and also for uh, Latin America and for different countries uh, it's a very good uh, opportunity to, to you know to, to go in the global market no, but we can, for example, in Venezuela, we don't have opportunity, no, and we have very limited in this uh, moment to make a, a, to make a business or to make a, a banking transaction, no, uh, in the world. Because uh, the, 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 the leader, of or the countries of the West put limited to many, many, many countries. And I, and I, and I saw the BRICS now, but that good opportunity for the development countries in the world. Thank you so much for, the, for, for, for those remarks. Um, I'll also have a few, we'll be wrapping up at 8 a.m. I want to also take uh, the excellence at the back there. Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Nomaso Dondlovu. I'm um, acting CEO at South African Tourism. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to appreciate the BRICS Summit uh, because we have seen a huge surge in tourism at the moment. So, as South Africa, from a BRICS point of view, from a tourism point of view, is really working out uh, fantastically well. But what I would like to raise and perhaps uh, share as my wish is that through the BRICS uh, um, sort of formation, how do we make sure that we ease the visa regime to actually encourage more uh, travel uh, between the countries? That is a part that I think is a low-hanging fruit uh, and is something coming out of COVID that we probably may need to be discussing further and looking at how do we make it easy for business companies wanting to come to, uh, you know, in between these countries um, I know that uh, in China and uh, India, we, 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 we as South Africa do have you know, some challenges in terms of uh, uh, issuing of visas. But I think the incredible thing is that so far, uh, if I look at the numbers between January and uh, June, 
there's been some good numbers from the BRICS uh, uh, countries at least coming into South Africa, and I would hope that uh, going into those countries as well, the numbers are looking good. And I'm very excited with the Brazil uh, flights uh, starting to come directly to South Africa, direct uh, Cape Town, Sao Paulo, uh, Johannesburg, Sao Paulo, because I know that that is really going to change the game, at least from our side, uh, in terms of uh, business between the, the two countries, as well as travel uh, in terms of leisure tourism. I thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yes, I acknowledge you. Uh, thank you. Um, my name is Alex Mabunda. I'm the group CEO at uh, Diesel Consulting. We are a management consulting firm uh, based out here in Centurion. So mine is um, a question. Um, so you will know that in South Africa, for example, when the issue of breaks and, you know, the whole geopolitical issues around Russia and whether we lean West, as it were, the European Union and the US, the issue of trade uh, is always brought as an argument to say that South Africa, you've got more trade with EU and the US and you'll be better served looking after those relationships than going, for example, with uh, the BRICS partners. Now, the question that I have is whether um, this discussion around trade between the BRICS countries, I mean, in Africa, for example, you've got the Africa Free Trade uh, Agreement. Uh, is there a discussion of similar agreement? And of course, if we're going to look at currency, uh, this probably won't be a greater point to have a common currency if the countries don't have trade. So the specific question is, are there any discussion around maybe opening some form of a free trade zone between the BRICS partners? Thank you. Thank you so much. I uh, would like to come back uh, to, to the stage. Um, Ambassador Suklal, I mean, there are some of the issues that uh, uh, I picked up as far as the visa is concerned, um, issues of trade now, issues of currency as well, um, the number of, but I would also like uh, fellow shapers as well to reflect on those issues as well, because some of them reflect on bilateral relations, specifically with your BRICS uh, counterparts as well. Well, thank you. Let me start with the issue of currency that was raised. Uh, and to say that that is on the agenda of the leaders' meeting. They have a retreat tomorrow evening, and one of the areas they'll be focusing on is uh, the issue of currency. But I think before we, we start uh, sprinting, we need to take some baby steps in terms of looking at deepening interaction between ourselves in the local currency, and I think that has been very much part of the agenda of BRICS. And we have signed an interbank mechanism uh, dealing in local currencies a few years back. But what we have seen is that BRICS has been a catalyst, given the developments around the Russia-Ukraine crisis, the unilateral sanctions around Iran. I see our ambassador uh, of Iran to South Africa is here. When they applied unilateral sanctions, we had very strong trade with Iran, and this impacted not just on trade, but uh, on a variety of areas. We're seeing the same with Russia. And that is why we say, not just as South Africa, but as BRICS, we don't recognize unilateral sanctions. You have the UNSC as the body tasked with looking at these issues. And 
the issue of local currency, we have seen that amongst our BRICS partners. Uh, China and Russia is trading in the local currency. India is doing the same. I think India, uh, uh, Mr. Damu Ravu will give us more information, has signed agreements with over 20 plus countries to deal in the local currency. So I think deepening use of local currency has gone beyond BRICS now. You look at a large number of countries saying we don't want to just deal in one or two global currencies, the dollar or the euro. We need to start trading amongst ourselves. And within Africa as well, as the African Union has taken a decision. In order to facilitate trade, inter-African trade as a result of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, that we should start trading in our local currencies. And that is why the AfriExim Bank has put in place uh, a pan-African payment and settlement system to which over, I think, about eight central banks have subscribed, over 20 commercial banks. And this itself is envisaged to save Africa on the trade front in terms of dealing in local currencies at least $5 billion annually. So we are seeing also not only the deepening of use of local currencies in our trade, in our investment, in local borrowing. We see this with the New Development Bank, which has set a target that by 2026, at least 30% of borrowing will be in local currencies. You have seen that just last week, uh, the New Development Bank issued a bond uh, in the South African rand. It's only the second currency amongst BRICS countries uh, that we have a bond issue in the local market. It was, it's been done several times in the Chinese market in the renminbi. And you'd also see that that bond was oversubscribed. The intention was to raise a billion uh, rands, but we ended up raising the, the benchmark to 1.5 billion. This is good news for South Africa. It means more funds are available through the NDB for local borrowing. And the NDB is, is a success story of us setting up our own financial institutions. So on the financial front, I think BRICS has started a wave where we are seeing a move towards moving away from just a dollar-denominated world, a dominated world, to local currencies as the norm in terms of uh, the way we conduct our transaction, and moving away from the SWIFT system as well, and creating our own payment systems. China, India, Russia have all done the, uh, the, the same. Now, on the issue of uh, visa, I think this is an issue that is constantly brought up, and it's a two-way issue. As much as we may say that uh, South Africans are having difficulties in terms of uh, visa access into, the, into India and China, the Chinese are saying the same that we are making it difficult for, for their business people to come into South Africa. So this is something that needs, we need to focus more on this because it is a barrier, not only in terms of movement of people, it is a trade barrier as well. And I think it's something that within BRICS we need to give greater attention to look at how we can have greater visa liberalization. A few years ago, Cabinet took a decision that we should have a long-term multiple entry visa for all BRICS business entities. This is a cabinet decision, but if you look at what is happening on the ground in our embassies, it is not being implemented, and we need to ask why. Uh, and the stringent uh, requirements that is required, when you have an Indian multinational needing to bring bank statements and so forth to the embassy when they apply for a visa, this is unacceptable. And I think it's a two-way issue that needs to be rectified, and I'm glad our acting CEO of SA Tourism has raised this, 
but it's something we need to give attention as South Africa, and I think uh, collectively we need to reflect on this as well. So I think on various fronts, uh, to respond to Mr. Sibolela, the point you have raised, we're very mindful of that. And I know members of the BRICS Business Council have come to engage with us uh, on the pressure being put on South African business not to do business with Russia by those that apply unilateral sanctions. And we said we do not recognize these sanctions. You are free to do business. But of course, you have the challenge of, of uh, payment settlement and, and of course, doing trade uh, in, in the local currency. And that is why this is high on the agenda of the leaders meeting tomorrow. And I'm sure there will be some positive outcomes of this because we need to ensure we create an environment where our business community is not negatively impacted because of unfair uh, sanctions being imposed by some against uh, our fellow BRICS countries or countries that we have friendly relations uh, with. Uh, but this is all receiving serious attention uh, at the leaders' level at this summit. In fact, use of local currencies is one of the most important issues that's being discussed amongst our leaders. Thank you. That's quite important. Thank you so much for that comprehensive response. From the uh, Russian Federation, in terms of the response from uh, any comments that came from the floor? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, in terms of um, the issue of, of sanctions as well, there was issues of sanctions, the issues of visas as well, but also issues of free trade. Um, that, 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 you know, well, as far can as, happen. As far yeah. as I remember, we have, uh, we do not require visas in, in Russia for South Africans, and either uh, we need visas to come here. Uh, of course, uh, we are faced nowadays with this uh, uh, sanctions war imposed on Russia, uh, and uh, this uh, has uh, implications uh, for uh, the global trade. Uh, it is impacting uh, countries uh, uh, in, in Africa as well. Uh, uh, we are doing we consider this uh, uh, completely illegitimate, uh, these uh, intellectual sanctions uh, which are uh, applied and attempted to apply. Uh, despite uh, all of this, we are making all the efforts to continue uh, to supply uh, in particular, agricultural products and fertilizers. Uh, we have to overcome not only issues related to payments, uh, it's also issues related to how to organize the logistics, the insurance of the, uh, of the cargo. Uh, nevertheless, uh, as was stressed during the recent Russia-Africa uh, Russia summit, uh, we will, we in the Russian Federation tends to fulfill all its obligations. Some, uh, there are, uh, there has been taken decision that uh, a number uh, of uh, um, shipments of grain will be provided to the, uh, to the, mo to those who are most in need uh, on a free basis. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, the same 
efforts are being applied in the area of energy, in, in, in the area of gas supply, uh, and uh, uh, natural gas and, and oil. Uh, and we are uh, applying all necessary efforts to fulfill uh, our uh, commitments in this part. Uh, we appreciate the efforts of our friends that uh, uh, in, including, or I should mention in particular, our friends and Briggs that uh, uh, share our view on the illegality of these unilateral sanctions and do not uh, join them or apply them. Uh, and um, I'm sure that uh, we will uh, overcome these difficult situations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Secretary Ravi, um, any comments from, from, from what has come from, raised from the floor? We're also going to be um, looking at wrapping up as well. But yeah. Uh, well, I think some of the uh, ideas that came up from the audiences, uh, I'd like to reflect on them. I think one of which is BRICS countries being able to do more trading in their own national currency will be the first step uh, and towards building a common currency. But I think that's an aspirational goal. We should keep it there. But I think we should first start to aggressively and actively do trading in our own national currencies. I think India has already done. We have done successfully with 18 countries. And uh, we are increasing the volume of trade uh, through that mechanism. Uh, it's been very successful on that. And many countries in Africa are very happy to do that. Um, that's one part of it. The second thing I would like to touch on the visa issues. You know, we have seen that by using digital technologies, now we are able to do e-visas. Uh, and it's open to about 150 countries around the world. Uh, uh, no tourists, uh, no businessmen need to go to the mission or embassies or high commissions for a visa. They can apply online and get a visa in three days. So that's been very successful. And what we've seen by that process is our tourism doubled. Today we are touching close to uh, somewhere around 18 million people visiting India because of the ease of uh, visa enabling systems we put in place. And we, we are confident that we will keep on improving on that. Now we are also looking at uh, the airlines, you know, Indian airlines. Air India, for example, is acquiring a large number of aircraft something around the scale of 500 more new aircrafts is going to get in. So we are already in touch with both Air India and Indigo, which is a very well-known domestic airline, low-cost budget airline. So we are encouraging them to have connections into Africa. Of course, South Africa will be a priority for us. Uh, and we would like to uh, encourage Air India and Indigo to have regular flights, not weekly flights, but daily flights. And I think as my friend Eduardo has mentioned that, you know, we can have a good connection of the India, South Africa to Johannesburg, uh, to, to Sao Paulo. So that kind of connectivity we should enhance uh, and it will help because there's a lot of interest in India to visit this part of the world uh, for the variety of reasons. So the, look at your landscape of tourism the, that offers wildlife to uh, people, to nature. It's so fantastic. I think that's what uh, we would very keen to, to, to promote. People-to-people -people contact goes along with that. So there are a lot of ideas there which we can work on. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Secretary Ravi.
Now move to Brazil, yes. Mentioned the issue of uh, unilateral uh, uh, sanctions, which we don't recognize and we, we reject, and we have a common position on that. I think it's very important. But, and that affects trade. But also, we have uh, unilateral protectionist measures under the guise of environmental protection, which we also uh, condemn and which also affect uh, our uh, trade worldwide. And we have also an opportunity to work together on that. Now, Brazil's trade with BRICS is, is doing quite well. We have our trade with, uh, our surplus with China is the equivalent of our, is more than our trade with the U.S. And our trade, overall trade with China is the equivalent of our trade with the European Union and the U.S. Our trade with India is growing and doing well. Our trade with, uh, with uh, Russia, we import a lot of fertilizer. We'd like to export a bit more, but anyway. And, uh, we, and with South Africa, we have to do more. Maybe when uh, we have more connectivity, things will improve. But uh, I see um, connectivity is very important. If visas, we also have uh, electronic visas now. But, uh, you know, we're moving from a, a COVID period. So we're still uh, getting back to, to, to in-person meetings. And I think uh, more and more people will require, uh, put pressure to, to ease visa requirements. So I'm very uh, optimistic about that. Thank you so much. Excellencies, just to announce that, please enjoy your breakfast as we're going to be getting uh, closing remarks from the shapers as well. Uh, so please in, do enjoy your breakfast. Um, I will go to um, Minister Lee, and also you will give your closing uh, remarks as well as you respond to what came from the floor as well. And then I'll move back again from uh, Brazil to India, and then Russian Federation, and then we conclude with Ambassador Sutlal as well. Over to you, Minister. A couple of uh, important things mentioned from the floor, I think, uh, for trade, it's important for the inter-African uh, uh, trade, uh, your free trade uh, agreement uh, initiative is important. We fully support it. We, we talk about it in, in, in BRICS as well. Uh, but, but for the African other countries, for example, from between my country and Africa, trade is also a, a, a very strong point. Also, I think that in terms of infrastructure, is important for trade. That's why uh, our initiative for Belt and the Road uh, to try to build these infrastructure projects is the, that's the basis for, for trade. So uh, I think we'll continue to do that. In terms of the currency and the financial cooperation, uh, we do have this new development bank which is located in Shanghai, and we'll continue to uh, uh, make good use of a local currency among uh, BRICS countries. And also for the payment system and all these this is very important. We talk about unilateral sanctions. Uh, the idea is not, is, is not to have a, a different parallel system in the world. We, the, the idea is to have a single system in the world, but the reality is that it, it's divided. So we have to uh, think about alternatives. Uh, this is a, a common community of international uh, world of shared future. So we need to have our solidarity and work together. The, the BRICS arrangement is not against the others. This is an arrangement for the benefit of all of us. And finally, for the tourism, is very important. 
because we, we suffered the, the pandemic, this is after the COVID, we have to resume all the people-to-people's uh, traveling and interactions as soon as possible. So uh, we do encourage the South African and African tourists to go to China, but it's, it's a very attractive continent here, especially in South Africa, not in terms of landscape, there are two very popular things in China from South Africa. One is Nelson Mandela. His motto, his books is so popular, young people like to read it. And the other one is a South African wine. It's so popular uh, in China. So uh, I, I, I do hope that the, uh, uh, many Chinese and Asian and other parts of the tourists come to this beautiful country. And when I go back to China, I will definitely be a very good promoter of South African tourism. Well, Lovely. South African wine. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for this round of applause. <laughs> we do appreciate that, uh, Mr. Lee, and for your closing remarks as well. Thank you so much. I will go out again just for closing, rem closing remarks as we close the meeting. I will go back to, to you, Chef uh, Eduardo. Yes. Who would imagine that uh, this group of, of leaders who met at a coffee on the sidelines of the G8 would have, would be meeting again in this beautiful country, would have a, a, a development bank, would be discussing a, a currency, would be joining forces with uh, friends of BRICS. Who would imagine that? So I think uh, uh, we have to celebrate. Uh, we have to celebrate that we are here with our friends in this beautiful continent and this beautiful country. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And uh, let me first uh, say that we see Africa as a continent very highly aspirational. And the changes that are taking place in the African continent, we need to recognize it. And in that recognition, where Africa is a central part of the global south, uh, Prime Minister has uh, 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 taken forward the African Union membership in the G20. And we have taken a lead on it, and Prime Minister Modi has uh, been talking to all the leadership that is, AU should have a rightful place in the G20. And one thing is very clear for India, that the rise of India in the 21st century, we need partnership with Africa in much more, and much more deeply and intimately. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Well, uh, a lot has been said today, uh, the importance of trade, the importance of our uh, close cooperation on international affairs. Uh, I just would like to say that one more element is uh, very important and uh, is very much uh, uh, developing uh, strongly. Uh, it's the relations between peoples, you know, people to people. Uh, and not only this uh, uh, tourism, which is, uh, we also look very much forward in re-establishing direct flights uh, from Russia to South Africa, to, I think to Johannesburg, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but, uh, but also the cultural uh, uh, context. Uh, uh, we have an alliance of libraries, alliance of uh, the film festival where the filmmakers from all five British countries uh, can present their uh, works. Uh, we have the BRICS sports games, which is uh, also quite important. We, uh, Africa 
is a young continent with a, which is strongly growing, uh, in showing great potential. The relations uh, between young people uh, of our five countries, well, not limited to these five countries, but it's quite an important uh, brick in the, to the building the, the future uh, friendship and good friendship and future joint uh, joint work. Uh, at the same time, we our countries are very different, and but we our friendship is uh, gets the strength from these differences, uh, and. Uh, uh, Though we are different, in some cases we, there are a lot of elements that unite us. For example, we have a uh, civil society organization which uh, and has a project called uh, the uh, the Teachers of Bricks, uh, and it refers to the to the affinity of the philosophies of the uh, great teachers. Uh, uh, BRICS countries. Uh, what I mean, Nelson Mandela, uh, Gandhi, uh, Confucius left Tolstoy from Russia, and uh, one of the uh, and General Rio Branco uh, from Brazil. And this is uh, uh, the interesting part of this. Uh, this has been a grassroots uh, idea, a grassroots initiative, which. Uh, uh, Actually, was born in the Tibet uh, when uh, uh, when enthusiasts were talking about the affinity and relation of ideas between uh, Left Tolstoy and Gandhi, and then projected to the all five countries, all five BRICS countries, and they found a lot of uh, uh, in their philosophies of these five great minds that uh, unites us uh, and. Uh, uh, on one hand, unites us that they influence each other. The philosophy of Tolstoy, uh, Gandhi, and uh, Mandela, for example. Uh, therefore, uh, thank you very much for inviting us here. We, uh, I would say, that it's great pleasure to come to to South Africa again to this uh, exemplary hospitality. The the very friendly people, uh, and uh, and of course, I second fully South African wine. Yes. <laughs> well, I think this summit is going to be historical. We are very privileged that it's taking place here in South Africa under the leadership of our president. I'm saying it's historical. I'm reminded of what happened in 1955 in Bandung in Indonesia, when African and Asian leaders got together to look at how they can work collectively in addressing the challenges that they face at that time and to chart a new path for the global south, which led to the formation of the non-aligned movement. I believe this summit is equally of historic significance, because I believe it's going to mark the turning point in terms of announcing in a very firm manner, in a very loud manner, the arrival of the Global South working together as a collective. 
and being the architects of shaping a new global order, a multipolar global order that is inclusive, that is representative, and where we leave no one behind in the true sense of using that phrase. And I think if you have to look at what's going to happen in South Africa over the next few days, it is indeed not only historical, but significant in terms of what happens henceforth in terms of our cooperation, expected expansion of BRICS. And can you imagine if there was no BRICS today? Take away the global geopolitical scenario without a BRICS. Who is championing collectively our interest as a global South, our interest as Africa, as a powerful collective? The voice of BRICS on the global stage today cannot be ignored. It has firmly arrived and we have galvanized around us the major part of the global South. You have assembling here over the next few days, the largest gathering in recent times of countries of the global South to collectively look at the challenges and the opportunities and work together in partnership in ensuring that we are at the forefront of shaping this new global order. We no longer want to be outliers and marginal to what is happening on the global stage. BRICS can provide leadership, and this summit will show that BRICS can, will take a leadership role in terms of creating a more equitable, a more inclusive, a more representative, and a more humane global community. Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, that's how we come to the conclusion of the program. Thank you so much for this important program that was broadcast on SABC2 and SABC uh, online platform together with Ubuntu Radio and uh, also Deco social media platforms as well. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the shapers for availing themselves. I want to give them a round of applause again, please. We know just how busy the schedule it is, so we really appreciate you making time to be with us this morning. So we really appreciate it. And to our uh, team at uh, the Public Diplomacy team, thank you so much. And also to the rest of uh, the management for making this uh, happen as well. Thank you so much. 